Between the Covers, a series designed around who and what can be done and achieved by patients, planning and working in a community of like-minded, successful people. This podcast series is for anyone looking at becoming a successful published author and those looking to understand the mind of a writer and the goals of a publisher. Proudly sponsored by Shoreline Publishing. Welcome and enjoy. Time to catch up with the gentleman once again on the program who's got the recipe for a healthy brain. I thought that might get your interest today. He's made the trek in from Creswick, Dr. Roy Hardman. G'day, Roy. Good to see you. Morning, Brett. Good morning, listeners. How are you? How are you coping with the wet weather out of Creswick, Roy? Oh, it's a bit of a swamp, but we're getting there. (laughs) Things just haven't dried out at all, have they? Not really, no. No, a bit of sunshine today, but then the sort of the rain keeps coming back, so it's going to take a while. But uh, thanks for making the, the trek in. You've got a special speaking engagement coming up in Ballarat uh, later on this week, which we'll give a plug for in just a moment. First up, though, Dr Hardman, I want to talk to you about some dementia myths today. Now, you work in this space every day. You must hear some people say crazy things to you, do you? Well, when we, when we decided to uh, look at the research and you go out and talk to people and you talk to a lot of people, and so between myself and uh, Dr Melissa Formica, who I wrote this book with, we came up with a whole list of things that people kept on saying to us. <laughs> and, and I thought, well, let's talk about myths and truths. And yeah. taking into consideration, this is not my opinion and it's not Melissa's opinion. This is based on research that we've done mm. and, and published research. So anybody who looks up the research can see what we're talking about. Okay. So we're all going to get old. Does yes. that mean, Roy, I'm going to get dementia? Not necessarily. Um, there's a fear for people and they, uh, fear is false expectations appearing real. And a lot of people who are getting old say, oh, I'm going to get dementia, I'm going to get dementia. Well, that, that's not quite true. Mm. Our brain ages differently for every person. So uh, the only concern you'd have is if your parents had uh, early onset dementia before the age of 65. Um, every person's brain ages at a different level, depending on your circumstances, what you eat, where you live, uh, what what experiences you've had both environmentally and internally will change the way that your brain ages. And so your brain ages differently over a period of time and everybody's experiences are different. Um, and so when you look at a couple of other things we're going to discuss, that mm. might actually also come into into play saying to people, well, I really need to be looking at that now. Okay. But it is genetic. You, you mentioned someone's parents just before. If, if, so if mum and dad if, have had dementia, are you more likely to suffer it? Um, that is a, that, that's an interesting case. You'd get tested for it. Mm. Um, it's a genomic sequencing that, that comes up, um, that can be tested for. But, uh, I wouldn't set the fear in anybody saying because my parents have got dementia. My parents had dementia and my chances of getting dementia is very low. Okay. Okay. That is good to know. Now, there's a whole heap of myths in your book, Recipe for a Healthy Brain, which you can get through Ballarat Shoreline Publishing. We can't get to them all today, but we're going to pick out a few of the the key ones, uh, Doctor. Let's have a chat about someone who's had a stroke. Are they likely to get dementia? Well, a person who's had a stroke has had a uh, an event in their brain. It's usually a bleed or an, an event. And the, the research clearly indicates that they put, could potentially uh, be uh, rehabilitated with a program. And the incidence of um, dementia after a stroke is minimal as long as they follow the guidance of their medical practitioner. And, and the research clearly indicates that there's a reduced risk of dementia compared with those 
who um, receive uh, rehabilitation. So if you had a stroke mm. and you'd gone through rehabilitation, the chances of dementia is minimised. Okay. And uh, we have to remember, as you mentioned, uh, Doctor, that these myths uh, are statements that people have made to you yes. over the years, so they're very, very real. Here's another one. Obesity, does it increase the risk of dementia? Obesity um, falls in, and dementia uh, actually falls into very similar profiles of that of uh, of cardiovascular disease and, and metabolic syndrome. And metabolic syndrome is high blood pressure, obesity, and low cholesterol. So obesity actually uh, can be a a determinant. And that's why your doctor's always looking at somebody who's got a BMI less than 30. Mm. Now, that doesn't apply uh, a BMI less than 30, and you're talking about some tall strapping person who does lots of weights and so forth, are carrying a lot of uh, body bulk uh, that doesn't mean that they really need to keep their BMI below 30. But a person who's got uh, large um, incidence of dementia uh, could also be looking at the fact that they have been obese for a long period of time. Mm, okay. Let's talk gender. This is a big one for me. In the studies that you've done, Dr Hardman, are you seeing more men or women suffer with dementia? The uh, Because we did our work in independent living aged care, there's a larger proportion of women. Um, now, the incidence of dementia in aged care is, is about 52% of people living in independent living aged care have dementia. Of those, uh, the incidence in the research clearly indicates that 60% of women uh, get dementia over that of men. And, and that's really due to the fact that it's due to hormones. Um, there's a hormone theory, and it's the estrogen hormone theory, and it says that estrogen for women is extremely protective for their brain. And as they go through menopause or postmenopausal women tend to find that their risk of dementia increases unless they actually follow the, the course of action prescribed by their medical practitioner. So mm-hmm. that is a real risk. And that's one of the reasons you see in, in most of the research that indicated it's an estrogen estrogen theory, that estrogen is very, very uh, cognitive, cognitively protective for women. And Dr. Hardman, what about where I'm from? Say I'm in Australia now, but I grew up uh, in Europe, etc. Uh, is there research into that? Um, yes, the research that's been done looking at um, the effects of lifestyle uh, in various countries, it doesn't seem to uh, be a particular uh, ethnicity or where you live because... Um, if you're, uh, for instance, uh, if you're living in a country that's that's not predominantly a large amount of uh, meat diet and large trans fats, the incidence of dementia is low, but you're still going to be able to get a large amount of leafy greens. Mm. So uh, around the world, the incidence changes depending on the lifestyle, basically, and the incidence that you've, uh, you find yourself in. Uh, children who are living in a country that are, are starving and, and have very little um, nutritional diet, you tend to see that their brain development isn't as fast as one that would say living in Australia. How much are you still learning about this space every day, Dr Hartman? Are, are we discovering a lot still? Yes, we are. And I think that um, one of the things we're looking at is that um, because there is, as we discussed last time I spoke to you, there is no recipe for dementia. There's no magic bullet. There's no tablet. So lifestyle changes uh, and looking at, and the work that I've done um, received a $1.8 million dementia grant, which is currently being conducted from Swinburne University. And that's called a MedWalk trial. And so that's continuously on. And a lot of people around the world are looking at this and every day something else comes up, mm-hmm. um, something else through uh, uh, the various ways of looking at it, not just observational but blood treatment and scanning processes. 
It's a fascinating space. Uh, if you'd like to hear uh, Dr. Roy Hardman speak more about it, your timing's impeccable. You've got a special gig lined up this uh, Thursday, Roy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm speaking at the Ballarat Speakers Club incorporated at the City Oval Hotel on okay. Thursday. Okay, so people could reach out to them and probably book their space and hear more about uh, this fascinating research that you're doing. Last time we had you in, uh, Doctor, we were talking about kids and their guts and a great (laughs) book you you had out there in that space. You're always um, working away behind the scenes. What are you working on at the moment? Um, I'm working on a, a, a new children's book and one of the ones it's we, we spoke about last time um, my brain has made friends with my guts mm. and so now I'm, I'm writing on my brains and my guts are talking to the big pump. And uh, so the big pump is your heart. And, okay. And so how, do, how does the brain get the energy to the heart? And one of the things that you need to understand with looking at a recipe for a healthy brain, you might have the greatest vehicle in the world. And people have asked me also about brain training. Um, if you're not, you can't run a petrol driven car by putting diesel in it. If mm. you're not putting the right fuel in and you're not getting the right recipe for um, a, a, uh, the vitamins and minerals in your food, then how can you expect the mm. brain to be operating? Great point, great point. If you'd like to read more about it, Recipe for a Healthy Brain, or that uh, speaking engagement coming up this Thursday with Creswick's Dr. Roy Hardman. Roy, thanks so much for sharing your research once again, once again on Bellarat today. Fascinating stuff. Thank you very much for having me. Start your day. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Between the Covers, produced by Shoreline Publishing. 